Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. On the floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Also, every day, Monday through Friday, on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app if you haven't already. It's free. And then go to Nothing But Net. And once you go to Nothing But Net, no G at the end, by the way. Nothing but net. You will find us, like I said, every day, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. Also, check out 5reasonsports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, reasonsports.com. Brady Hawk, as we're speaking, is posting another of his takeaway pieces. We've got all the Heat coverage there, but also Marlins coverage, Canes coverage, Panthers coverage. Uh, what's that other team in town? Oh, Dolphins coverage. Yeah, we've got that too. We've got people out at Dolphins training camp. We are the free outlet in South Florida. No paywall. Also, our YouTube channel, new show by Kylie Wang is up there today. She's going to be doing a show uh, with Tamara Brown every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on our YouTube channel. Ten minutes, catch you up on everything that happened in South Florida sports with a little bit of attitude as well. And, of course, we do a ton of other stuff on our YouTube channel, including 90 Minutes Strong, loaded bases and more also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network we've got a lot of them including and they're all local including you break wheel fix that's you break wheel they're located south of aventura in north miami 15 years of experience in wheel repair and refinishing they do repair of cracked bent curbed and damaged wheels they also refinish and powder coat Back to factory specifications, along with over 5,000 available custom colors, including the Dolphins colors and the Heat Vice colors. They do those themed wheel colors after your favorite South Florida sports teams. Visit at You Break Wheel Fix on Twitter, IG, or Facebook, or even LinkedIn, and you can contact Mark at 305-748-0112, 305-748-0112, or on the website, you break wheelfix.com. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, aka Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
All right, Ethan Skolnick back. Here is today's floor plan. We've got a split squad. This is like one of those spring training split squads. We're trying to build out the YouTube channel. So we sent Alf there. So Alf on Sydney will not be with us tonight. He's actually, as we speak, he's hosting a post-game show with some of our other Five Reasons contributors on the YouTube channel. And you can find that later. So after you listen to us, go to our YouTube channel and you can search that. All that stuff stays there. We've done a ton of content over the past couple of days. So I've got Greg Sylvander. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander and at Tropical Blanket. Alex is going to be leaving us during portions of this pod or at least checking in on the Heat's post-game Zoom calls. And here is the story tonight. The Miami Heat had the sixth sweep in their history, the first since 2014 against Charlotte when a guy named LeBron James was playing. They sweep the Indiana Pacers out of the playoffs, even in a game where they missed Jimmy Butler for a period of time because he injured his shoulder, did return to the game. They get good minutes from Kendrick Nunn, something that we thought would happen. We didn't think it would happen quite this way. And they get a fourth straight 20-point game from new starter, old starter, new starter, Goran Dragic, who took over again in the second half. Let's get to it. I'll start with you here, Alex, because I know you may need to pop out. Um, you felt that the Pacers could be problematic at times for the Heat, at times that they were. They got nothing from their bench tonight at all, though. And even with Oladipo, you know, lighting it up from three a little bit and T.J. Warren playing well, just not an, and Miles Turner playing a pretty good first half, just not enough to stay with Miami. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, it was uh, good to see them close it out. It, it, it's crazy to see them kind of just sweep uh, the team that was supposed to be a higher seed than them. And we know the circumstances, right? We know that the Heat were going to be the fourth seed. But at the end of the day, when do you – I mean, seeing a sweep in the 4-5 matchup is pretty rare. For the Heat to do it, I mean, again, they just look better than they did before. They're one of the teams that came out of this looking stronger than before the the the, the season was suspended. And, yeah, I mean, Goran looks great out there. Jimmy looks great out there. None of these guys look tired. They're all playing for each other. The Pacers, on the other hand, are kind of looking like the Sixers right now. <sighs> Only good takeaways from tonight and from the series. Greg, you had the guts, um, you know, <laughs> which we know is kind of your trademark. But, I mean, you had some concerns coming into this series. How did the Heat handle those concerns? You know what? Um, going into this game, I had – there was like a little bit of me that was uh, worried, and I'll tell you why. Because I, I tried to go back through the memory bank – and I don't think the Heat have ever beat the Indiana Pacers four straight. Like, I, I can't recall a time because they, the, these two teams have always played each other so tough. So this was going to be a tough one to get. And they end up winning by 12. And, like, each game when we've recapped uh, on these post-game pods, I've always said the same thing. It's been like each game uh, you would think that there's elements of it where Nate McMillan would have taken it and they ended up losing. And it was the same story here. Jimmy Butler had a, you know, a night where he only played 23 minutes or so. Um, but he, this is just unbelievable. 41 to three, the bench outscored mm. um, Miami's bench outscored Indiana's. I mean, that is just absolutely Jesus staggering. Christ. Um, <laughs> so it's just ultimately each game we said, this is exactly what we'd like to see from the heat. And I think that this is just another one uh, in succession. All right, so 99-87 was the final. 
Uh, Miami was up 48-42 at the half. They actually did win the third quarter. It was a little choppy at times. Um, did they? Tur- was, yeah, they 22 to 20. It wasn't a turn quarter. It wasn't a turn quarter as we, we go on both of those. Let me go through some of the numbers here while we got a second now that this thing is final. We're trying to start some of these pods a little bit before the game ends. Uh, Goran Dragic leads with 23 on 10 of 21 shooting. I mean, he, I think he had one field goal at the half. Um, he was only one of six from three, um, did have five rebounds, three assists, just two turnovers, and was a plus 12, which was the best in the starting lineup. Bam Adebayo, 14 19 and six. Um, this is someone who Colin Coward said was not a star today. He's a 10 and eight player today. Worst basketball analyst in America, by the way, 14, 19 and six, six offensive rebounds. He had six turnovers, but in a lot of ways he took over at times. Um, Jimmy Butler, we mentioned missed some time with a shoulder. I was a little surprised he came back uh, six points, three, three rebounds, two assists. Didn't need much from him. Jay Crowder had 10, two of five from three. Um, Duncan Robinson was kind of the big story from a negative perspective today, but it didn't really matter. Um, is that the first time he was one of seven from three? Is that the first time you've seen him hesitate on threes this season, Greg? A, a little bit, but you know, uh, Stan actually alluded to it during the game that uh, it was, uh, you, you, you saw him take the ball to the basket. So ultimately, mm. I, like if there was ever going to be a positive that you take from an off shooting night from Duncan Robinson, it's one that the Heat could survive that. I mean, they were eight of 30 from three. They shot 26% from downtown. Usually that's a recipe for disaster for this team that lives by the three. So like Duncan Robinson, like to see him at least take the ball to the hoop and get, um, make some plays, still rebound. I mean, it, it's, you, don't, you never love to see him miss, but again, I'm walking away from this with nothing but positives. And we did speak to Jay Tilton, his high school coach, and we're going to air that one over the next couple of days, and we'll get into some of the ways that his game has grown. Let's go to the bench a little bit. Uh, leading minute getter on the bench and third most minutes on the team, Tyler Hero, 32 minutes, 7 of 13 from the field, only 1 of 3 from 3. Again, Tyler with the mid-range game. Um, was crafty, was getting to spots. He finished, again, this is a 20-year-old rookie, 16, 5, and 4 with a block, just one turnover, and a plus 6 in 32 minutes. He had a great series. He had a great series. I was um, like his averages next season. Pretty much. I mean, he had a terrific series. Kelly Olynyk was really good tonight. Uh, really good. Plus 15 in 15 minutes. 11 and 8, 5 of 9 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, a couple of assists. They ran stuff through him. I thought his rebounding, which, again, is not what he's known for. It's a second straight game. He's rebounded well. I thought that was important. Iguodala played down the stretch as usual. Four steals, four steals and a big late three, which is kind of all you really want from him, right? Plus 13 in 26 minutes. And then the two other guys I do want to talk about. Derek Jones only played the seven first half minutes, right? He didn't get in in the second half? I think I don't think so. You're correct. They gave none his minutes in the second half. And this is one of the mm. things we've we've talked about on five on the floor. If you've been listening, that ninth man is gonna rotate. It's gonna rotate and especially after tonight, where Kendrick Nunn, and I think we need to talk about him a little bit, Kendrick Nunn got some rhythm and some confidence. Okay. And I want to credit Tyler Hero for that. Because his summer league backcourt partner who he developed that relationship with in summer league. And the two of them 
could have been at each other this year because they were kind of competing for rookie of the year mention, all the rest of that. There doesn't seem to be any jealousy between them. They come in the game, and Ty first, Nunn makes a great pass as soon as he comes in, which is what you want to see. But then Tyler Hero passed up a three to get his buddy a three. And Kendrick Nunn hit a three in rhythm, then had another really nice assist. Um, he only finishes with five points. But to me, I, I communicated with somebody pretty close to him tonight who, was, who just texted me back, he needed this. Um, I, I, I think that this is really big for the Heat, guys. I mean, I'm seven points he ended up with. But seven points, three rebounds, two assists in 14 minutes. He's like – he looked like a useful player again. It's another case of um, of what we've been saying, right? It's like the best-case scenario was that Kendrick Nunn had the opportunity to get some minutes, get loose, get confident, and he did all of those things. And yep. you can you can see that there's going to be moments where they're going to need a scoring punch, and he can provide that. He's proven that throughout the season. I know that in the bubble he didn't look great, but I think that there are um, a multitude of reasons to be more confident that he can start to turn a corner a bit. And it may be in a reduced role, mind you, but ultimately uh, he looked a lot more focused, a lot more sharp, and, uh, and like you said, he needed this one, and uh, Heat fans did too. Alex, how do you project it against Milwaukee? I mean, if if you're looking at the and we're gonna we're gonna spend the second half of this. Uh, Are we this still talking episode. about Kendrick Nunn versus you're yeah. talking about Kendrick Nunn versus Milwaukee? Yeah. How, how do you project it? Like, what is his? Because he played pretty well against Milwaukee in the two regular season games. I've mentioned he averaged 15 on 45 percent shooting. You know, one of them mm -hmm. was real early in the season without Jimmy, but he did play well. Is there a role? I mean, who who do you think is more likely to be their ninth? Is it going to be Honestly, him or DJJ? That's that's really tough. Uh, it is tough to figure out how exactly the rotation is going to pan out again, because of the size stuff. Uh, it makes Derek like, okay. Cause I think we can absolutely expect something similar to how the magic loaded up on Giannis on defense. And, and basically it's what the Raptors did in the conference finals last year, where they're just making sure that there's a wall up on Giannis going into the paint every single time. So I think Derek Jones jr. Can absolutely fit into that. Cause it's basically like a, you know, a zone almost what they're doing when they when they guard Giannis. And I think he would be amazing for that because for somebody to, you know, load into the paint and then come back out once it gets passed out to shooters, you need blank. And I think Derrick Jones Jr. absolutely has that. So I think he could be useful. I do think that if he doesn't get going off of lobs, he can kind of be a negative on offense, and he will be if, if he doesn't get going on, on, on the pick and roll and kind of taking advantage of Robin Lopez there. So I think it's weird because – Kendrick Nunn, I think it's a great matchup for him. The Bucks, I think, with Brooke Lopez sagging and, and Robin Lopez sagging back in the paint, those shots are always going to be there for Kendrick. I still think he's a useful player. I'm still resolute in my stance that the fact that he struggled so much in the bubble had a lot more to do with the guys that weren't there than with him. I still firmly believe that he's a play finisher more than a play maker, a play starter. And that's why I think he really needs those guys out there. And I think that's why he should play out when, when – those guys are out there. I think he deserves a shot. He proved himself all season, and the Bucks are a great matchup for him. He just needs to go out there and hit some open shots, hit some open floaters, you know, and, and just get into his bag. He doesn't need to do a lot of playmaking. I just don't know. Like, how, how do you really project how uh, the ninth man thing, though? But but Al, but Alex Gordon's going to start, right? So I mean, I think that's oh yeah at, at this stage. I mean, I, I but you saw how they got him out there tonight. Even even if uh, even if he didn't start, they they got him out there with with. 
some of the better players on the team as well. Well, they, they even if did. he's coming off the bench, I still think he could be he, he could be useful. Well, no, he can be, and and I think that's why he. But he needed to have a game where he actually saw the ball go in. I mean, even if I mean he finished two of five, but you know we were talking early in the year he was putting up like you know ridiculous numbers the first two three weeks of the season. I mean, I don't expect him to get there, but as a change of pace guy, uh, he can be a factor for them. And again, they and you saw even, that they were playing them out there with uh, he was playing with. With Hero and Goron, was it? They were yeah. playing the three smalls. They, they, yeah. they did. They did play a little bit of three small because they didn't play DJJ. So that's the thing. If if you're that's gonna, why I'm interested. I'm, if, I'm looking if, to see if they do more of that. If you're I, not going to play DJJ, then there are going to be options for him. I I want to transition off of this a little bit into some big picture stuff on the Heat because I think we should kind of commemorate what they've done here. Uh, before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's Louis Peters at State Farm. This is an agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the entire United States. More than 60 years of combined experience in the insurance industry. These are local agents that understand South Florida's unique market. They've got access 24-7, so if you can't walk in, and it's on 117th Avenue, Southwest 117th Avenue, in Miami, you can call in 305-275-5585. That's 305-275-5585. Or click in, that's louispeters.com, L-U-I-S-P-E-T-E-R-S.com. This is personalized service to every customer, no cookie-cutter solutions. And our friend, he, look, he's a big Heat fan, big Dolphin fan, and he'll argue with you. We've had him on the pod here a little bit, but he's a great guy. So find him on social media, on Twitter, at SF Agent Peters. All right. Um, let's put this in some context, okay? Because the Pacers are gone, all right? <laughs> and, you know, the Heat have had, like I mentioned, six sweeps. A lot of them were not memorable. This one will be memorable because it was weird, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it was in the bubble. But, like, not a lot of people remember much from that Charlotte sweep. I mean, I covered it. I was there. Not yeah. a lot. Right. I mean, I think what was that? Did LeBron stare at MJ yes. while he was dunking? Like that was yes, probably the only it. thing I can I can remember from that whole series. <laughs> that, that's it. I, I remember. I mean, they, it was a foregone conclusion they were going to win that series, even though they'd had troubles during the year. Um, they were playing a team that just wasn't very good. The year before, I always tell this story. Milwaukee, they played. Remember that was Brandon Jennings, Bucks and Six, right? And Monte Ellis, um, Monte have it all. And, and I, I, what I remember from that series, um, going back to that one, is that uh, I believe it was, was – you know, I think it was Monte. They, they were down 3-0 in the series, and Wade was nicked up. So Wade didn't even play game four. It's the only playoff game he missed. Mike Miller filled in for him. The night before that game, Joe Goodman, who now works in Alabama, covers the Crimson Tide, but he used to cover – he covered the Heat during the Big Three era with me. He and I were at a, a, a small hotel near the arena the night before – and we ended up playing pool all night with Monte Ellis because he had already checked out of his house. He was leaving Milwaukee. <laughs> so he already knew they were getting uh -huh. swept. He was staying in this hotel. It was like a, it wasn't even a fancy hotel. It was like the, uh, the, one of those aloft hotels, like sort of like a courtyard Marriott. Yeah. There was really no uh, suspense to that particular <laughs> series. That's a um, great story. <laughs> there, there was no real suspense to this one either. But to me, let's go back to training camp. When a lot of people outside of our group, a lot of us picked them to be a third or fourth seed in the East, but a lot of people in national media, and so don't let them jump on the bandwagon now, had them seventh, had them eighth, had them in that other grouping, okay? 
in the Eastern Conference. Jimmy's not going to fit. Who's Duncan Robinson? Kendrick Nunn is starting. Tyler Hero's not going to contribute. We had David Thorpe on our pod, who I respect immensely. And remember, David Thorpe, if, you, if you, anybody here listen to the pod, told us, and people have reminded me of this on Twitter, said that the rookies, Tyler Hero wouldn't be a factor in the playoffs this year because rookies are not factors, not in the regular season or the playoffs. Wow. Loud wrong. Loud wrong. So you go back to training camp. If you were to say in training camp, the Heat are not only going to make the playoffs, they're not only going to be on sort of a roll, they're going to sweep out the Indiana Pacers and not really be that pressed while doing it. I think we need to mention that tonight because, you know, it's not like those sweeps of Charlotte and Milwaukee when, you know, you had LeBron. <laughs> yeah, no, th- th- this was the, a much more even playing field, even with a reduced Pacers team. And, uh, you know, I'll always wax poetic with any of this stuff because, I mean, I, if you want to take it back even a couple months prior to training camp, if you look at what this roster looked like, and now to think about the fact that in a playoff game, they're sweeping the Indiana Pacers, and you have a young core that's essentially driving this. Now, obviously, there's, there's the vets that are surrounding them that are carefully placed in the leaders of the team, Dragic and Jimmy. But what you see from Bam and Tyler Hero every night, Duncan Robinson on select nights, and then you have guys like Kendrick Nunn who comes in and just flashes tonight. Derek Jones has his flashes. It's just a completely different vibe than what we've had the last few years. And, uh, I mean, it, it's definitely um, – Ethan, I think you tweeted something about um, – not many teams have this many cost controlled mm-hmm. um, playoff tested or going to be playoff tested and talented young players. And that's just an unbelievable statement. When you think about where this team was 18 months ago, they have uh, a large grouping of high upside, hardworking players on manageable contracts. That's that what is, you said. That, that, that is the hardest thing to get in the NBA because you have, it means that you have to accelerate a player's growth so that they are outperforming their contracts. And I know we like to make fun of the Marlins in this market, but one of the things that, that the, during the Samson Luria regime that was talked about a lot that did play into them winning a World Series in 2003 was they would talk about getting cost-controlled arms, okay? Having guys, and it's a little different in baseball because they got the arbitration and everything, but having guys – because what, that, that didn't cost you that much because even without a salary cap in baseball, it allowed you to do some other things because they had their own kind of self-imposed salary cap. In the NBA, it's imposed by the league, right? Not imposed because your owner's cheap. And so it's so critical to have, you know, obviously Bam is cheap now. He's not going to be. But to have Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, uh, DJJ, who obviously not going to be cheap soon, but has been. Okay, uh, Tyler Hero, even as a first-round player, is reasonably cheap. To have those players on those kind of contracts, because it just, it, it, you know, as opposed to the total opposite situation that they had two years ago, where they pretty much had like $70 million of payroll they didn't want to play. I mean, Whiteside, JJ, Dion, to a certain extent, Kelly at times, although not as much, right? And Tyler Johnson. Like they had four and a half guys that they really didn't want to play very much who were tying up all that money. And now it's like the payroll was flipped. The guys they wanted to play were making nothing. Well, now this year they could play them. And, and I think the other point I want to make, and then we're going to look ahead to Milwaukee a little bit and bring Alex back in when he comes back in, is that I tweeted this tonight, and our old friend Dwayne Wade liked it on Twitter. Okay? So he apparently agrees. 
what I tweeted tonight, Greg, was this is the best coached team under Eric Spolstra. It's not his hardest coaching job because nothing will ever compare to the expectations of having to try to win 70 games, putting a new team together with LeBron, Dwayne, and Chris Bosh. Eric used to tell me that the most challenging thing in, in coaching, particularly with that team, 75% of it is managing egos. This team doesn't have any ego, so that's out the window. So this is not his hardest coaching job. That was, okay? National media spotlight, idiots like, uh, you know, the cowards and the Baylesses and the Whitlocks of the world, you know, uh, who didn't know anything that was really going on, you know, criticizing him day after day after day. But as far as, like, this looking like a well-coached team, that team at times was not that well-coached offensively, but they got bailed out by greatness, right? By LeBron, totally, by, totally. by Dwayne, by Chris Bosh. This team doesn't have greatness offensively. They don't have that one guy. Jimmy's not that guy, okay? Gets you to the line, but he's not LeBron. He's not even that Dwayne, okay? He may not even be that Bosh, okay, in some ways. But, but they have – they are better than the sum of their parts because of the way that they move, the way that they cut, the way that they share, the way that they fill gaps for each other, the way that they support each other – and that is a really effing well-coached team, okay? Well, and also, it's like, I, I, I keep going back to this. This roster is about as hand-picked and um, completely custom-made to fit what Spolstra wanted to do from a playing style perspective. So, like, it, it's just really nice to see that he's got a group of guys where he, he'll he go to any of them. There's nobody that he is mm -hmm. reluctant to play. So it's really tailor-made for what he wants to do, and it just shows because you're right. They are greater than the sum of their parts. And, um, I mean, obviously, Bam has an ascension point that could that could get up in, in, the, in the conversation with a Chris Bosh. But ultimately, th this is a new thing for all these guys, and they've came together. It's gelled so fast, and uh, it's really um, – it's his best – it's Spoh's best work. It is supposed best work. I, I don't think there's – from a coaching perspective, from, not from a managing personalities, because, again, nothing's going to compare that. And, and the difference between Bam and Bosh is that you could give the ball to Chris. I mean, look, we witnessed it. Yeah, the Portland, you're, the Port, you're totally the Port, right. The Portland game on the road, right, where LeBron, you know, it was in street clothes and jumped on him afterwards. Uh, the Atlanta game, which is one of my favorite games I covered on the road, uh, the triple, was, triple overtime game where Terrell Haver, Harris was out there with him in Rio – and there was no LeBron and no Dwayne. Like, that, that, there's no way they're going to win that game against a reasonably competitive Atlanta team, and they end up winning the game because Bosh went off. You could give the ball to Chris Bosh, run 10 straight plays. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today 
to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great. But having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E. Two zero is through him and you were probably going to get good results. He'd been that guy. He was that guy in Toronto. Bam has not been that guy. He's not that guy yet. We've only seen it a few times this year in Washington, a couple of other scenarios. He affects the game constantly in so many ways, but he's not a give the ball to Bam, get out of the way. He will be, he will be give it two years, but he's not there yet. And so he doesn't have that guy. The only guy on this team he has is, okay, they really need to slow things down and calm things down. Jimmy, get to the line. That's yeah. what they have in terms of that. And, and to a certain degree, now you, with Goron's legs looking the way they look, you pre- feel pretty confident if you need a bucket, Goron's going to find a way to get you a bucket. But it's not, it's not Dwayne isolation. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's, it's, and it's not the best player in the world at the peak of his powers. Okay. And it's also not, you know, one of the best stretch, you know, and complete bigs in NBA history. You don't have that. And so I just think when you look at the work that Eric's done, putting this thing together, and it's one thing to say with a team, they're better than the sum of their parts. And then you say that they're limited. They're not, they've all got bigger upsides, but right now, they're all at a point where they're just sort of feeling their way. Tyler Hero is kind of figuring out, I'm a playmaker too. I've got a mid-range game too. Um, Bam is figuring out, you know, what his capabilities are. Duncan Robinson is figuring out how to affect the game when he's not shooting well. That stuff is all going to get better. And that's why I, I keep saying, like, you know, I want to just write it. as I mean, this is their floor in, in, in a lot of ways. But for it to be their floor and to get a first-round sweep, when we went back to the beginning of the season and Alf and I were doing this thing alone at first, we said, what would be a successful season getting to the second round? Not only did they get there, they got there after a long break, they got there with an impressive sweep, and now they got a real chance against Milwaukee. We're going to get into Milwaukee here in a second and give Alex some time to get back. But before we do, a word from another of our great sponsors. I want to introduce you to another of the great new sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and it is a sponsor that would be important in any time if you want to have a beautiful workspace, but it's especially important now when you need a safe one as well, and that's safecubbies.com, which offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your open office into a modern and safe environment at any budget. You can personalize your workspace with options like whiteboards, magnetic panels, acrylic sheets, and graphic branding. Most 
most of the surfaces are non-porous for easy cleaning and can be removed or replaced within minutes. Now this is for workplaces. They've got a bunch of different options on their professional series, but also they've got private room solutions, dividers and sneeze guards, and they have a classroom series as well. So if you're involved with the school, this is definitely something your school should check out, of course, if we have school in the fall. And that's the point here. We're entering a new normal period with COVID-19. Safecubbies.com, which is locally owned, is the place that you want to go. The phone number is 754-216-1071. Again, that's 754-216-1071 or safecubbies.com. All right. Thanks to Safe Cubbies. Check out again, safecubbies.com. If you know anybody who's involved with a school or a business, uh, this is really important stuff. Um, and, uh, and Chris is a big Miami sports fan too. He follows everything. So um, definitely reach out to them. All right, let's look ahead a little bit as we wait on Alex. Milwaukee won today. We talked about a little of this on the pregame uh, stream that we did today. Milwaukee won what was not impressive. Uh, three quarters again. They're right there with Orlando. Chris Middleton at one point was one of nine, Greg, until I tweeted that, you know, he was writing Giannis's ticket out of town and then he made his next five shots. Of course. Uh, of course. I am the ultimate, of course. Uh, but he has not looked great. And Orlando's strategy, as we discussed a little with Brady on the stream, has basically been to sort of let Giannis do what he's going to do, but then sort of trap Middleton, get the ball out of Middleton's hands and force somebody else to beat them. Beat them. Do you think that the Heat will borrow much from what the Magic have done to Milwaukee once Milwaukee wins that series, of course? I do. I think that they will in spurts and particularly early in games. I think that that will be the approach. But ultimately, I think as the game gets deeper and deeper into the fourth quarter and you get towards crunch time, you're going to see Bam on Giannis. You're going to see Jimmy on Chris Middleton. And then they're going to kind of uh, live with the results. Now, they're, st they're still going to build a wall, and they're still going to um, obviously try to grind this game into as much of a half court. Because something that uh, – another thing with Milwaukee that we've seen as the Magic have made runs, they're susceptible to runs. And also, when they get in any kind of half court setting, sometimes there's a little bit of hot potato that goes on with that team. And um, that is the kind of stuff when we've seen the kind of – the ball hawking that Miami did against Indiana that I think will be – particularly interesting to watch and then there's one other key factor when you look at this team and Giannis playing so many minutes as the other big next to either Robin or Brooke Lopez I really think that this um series uh, Robin Lopez listen to me um who am I thinking of here Jesus um, no, no, no. You, you're talking about Milwaukee's bigs or Robin and Brooke oh sorry okay I completely was I lost my train of thought there. Um, I think Kelly Olynyk is, is a key point to this series because if Olynyk plays well, then you have the opportunity to keep him up front, and I think it opens up minutes for none in different ways. If Olynyk doesn't play well and you got to go a little bit deeper in your bench in a big way, um, I don't think we see the same effects from none. So another thing to watch. Yeah, well, Olynyk, take a look at that first game Olynyk had against Milwaukee this year uh, without Butler. Kelly was great. I, I – Kelly has been the most, to me, the most, uh, I, we can talk none because of what's happened lately, but to me, Kelly's been the most up and down player on the roster this year. He's had like disappeared for games. And then, you know, he went through that stretch in the bubble and, and dating back to 
kind of the last three weeks before the break, he was tremendous from a shooting perspective and in other ways. And he does give you something a little bit different than Bam because unlike Bam, Kelly will shoot it, okay? And Kelly will be aggressive. He'll go through stretches where if the offense is going to run through him, it might run from Kelly to the basket, okay? And sometimes with Bam, that doesn't happen. Bam overpassed three times tonight. Again, that I was like, oh, God. and Jimmy overpassed a couple times too, but that's par for the course at this point. Yeah, he gets but a pass tonight. He, he gets a pass, yeah. I mean, I don't even know why he came back, to be honest. But Kelly has been, you know, kind of a little bit – not a little. He's been a lot up and down this year. And when he's been good, he's been really good. But he poses kind of some, some problems for Milwaukee because it, they do drop. And if he's going to be single big, he's going to force Brooke Lopez to come out there, right? So, I, you know, and Robin. And so I, I think that that presents some interesting possibilities. Now, one thing that Alex, and he may join us again here, talked about on our pregame stream on the YouTube channel was Giannis at the five, which yeah. if, no, they go, if they go to that more, that changes the equation a little bit. I think you're on to something there. I think that the Heat are going to try to size this series down because just when you look at the starting lineups, uh, it, 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 like who's going to – are you going to put – Crowder on Brooke Lopez like I, I you know that gets a little interesting there unless Bam starts there and you try to figure out how much Crowder can can play Giannis successfully um, so I I really think the Heat are going to try to play a style that is conducive to Milwaukee matching that and sizing down because I think it unlocks some advantages from a depth perspective also like we don't know what Tyler Hero is going to look like and that's another element when I look at the the reserve guards I mean, if, if Tyler Hero has um, Kyle Korver switched on him, yep. Tyler Hero's getting a bucket. So yeah, he's going to cook it, him. Yeah, yeah. so there, there's interesting stuff there to watch that I think um, the Heat would, would be mindful to try to size down. Uh, DiVincenzo is going to be a big factor in this series, I think. I, I, he, um, I, 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 I just think that you look at some of their other guards, I, like I don't know that George Hill at this stage – uh, is athletic enough uh, in some ways to kind of give Dragic and Hero a ton of problems or even none uh, from a defensive perspective. I know he's solid, but that's the thing with Milwaukee. They've got guys who are solid, all right? They're not going to make a ton of, ton of mistakes, but they don't have takeover players either um, beyond Giannis. They really don't. I mean, Chris Middleton has been that at times. Bledsoe is not that in the playoffs. He was better in this. He's been – I didn't watch today, but first three games, he was better he had, than he was in the playoffs Bled, last year. Bledsoe had six points. He was three for 11 yeah. from the field, minus 16 in only 23 minutes. They did a lot of George Hill today. They are Bledsoe. Hill. And, and, and Dragic has a lot of experience against uh, – Dragic has a lot of experience against both. Okay, so – I, I don't feel like anything is gonna gonna kind of shake him. Is Alex back with us? Is Alex? I am. It's, it you sounds are. like he is. All right. So let's. Uh, we were just looking ahead to Milwaukee a little bit. I don't want to overdo it because we're gonna do. Yeah, it. I heard those playoff Bledsoe stats. Oof, rough. Yeah, well, last week. Well, they were better through the first three games this year. There, he was averaging 15. He was actually averaging more than on pretty decent efficiency. Um, Al Alex, get to because uh, I don't want to overdo the Bucks stuff tonight because we're gonna do so much of it over the. We got we got oh, some time God. here. Um, Are you guys ready for this, man? Heat Bucks is about to get here. It just, like, hit me right now from, from you saying that, that we're about to do, like, two straight weeks or whatever of Heat Bucks coverage. This is it, man. Yeah, it's um, going to be fun. It's going to be a lot more fun to talk about that than this last series, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do want to mention one thing because I just got a text from the Heat directly. Um, was sent to uh, four or five of us. 
Uh, one clarification from a TNT report, because this got some, some buzz tonight. The reason Kendrick Nunn hadn't played before tonight is, is not because he isn't in game shape. It's been coach's decision. Um, you know, there have been a lot of factors that have gone into, uh, you know, him not playing. We've talked about them, the personal issues, being out of rhythm, maybe COVID sapping his energy a little bit, or maybe just Eric deciding to go a different direction. Um, but yeah, Bam, by the way, Bam said tonight that uh, he's been going through some stuff over the past couple of weeks, but that he's super proud of Kendrick Nunn mm-hmm. for kind of not getting discouraged and for staying ready and mentioned that he knew that he had to go out there and, and, and you know, make the winning plays. And it's not just about scoring. And he, he said he's really proud of Nunn for the way he's handled that. Well, that's good. And, and like I said, I, I did communicate with somebody close to Kendrick tonight who, who basically uh, was ecstatic that he'd gotten the opportunity and, and was able to just show that he can still play because I, I do think that sometimes uh, that becomes a factor. Let's get to some of the other comments, Alex, while we got you. Um, wh- what came off the calls? Uh, I mean, a few things came off the calls. Bam was just kind of excited about the Bucks. He, he was almost kind of trying to downplay it, like, oh, no, we're excited about whoever we're getting in the next series. It's not necessarily about the Bucks. But uh, other, than, other than that, Spo was kind of, you know, praising everything that Bam does. And every time that I hear Spo talk about Bam, he just kind of, makes up new things to say about him and Spo absolutely loves that guy <laughs> right can, um, can you imagine how difficult and you imagine how difficult last year was for Spo? he oh my had gosh. to play a guy that he <laughs> could not even stand to look at anymore okay and he had to play that guy for basically two-thirds of the season because they were afraid that if they didn't play him that he would totally go in the tank and be useless to them. And so they basically held Bam out probably, I don't know, from the starting lineup a month to six weeks longer than they wanted to and didn't get Kelly any minutes also because they had to keep playing, to a certain degree, felt they compelled to play Hassan. Mm-hmm. Made, <laughs> looking back at that, it's uh, – as he, I, I can't believe he stomached it. I mean, I, another quote uh, before we go on here that I think is important. Spolstra says Butler will not get an MRI. It's a soft tissue injury, and he just needs rest. So that's a pretty important nugget that came from Spolstra. Not that yeah, I was on the call. Alex was. Yes. Uh, I mean, I probably should have mentioned that. Yeah, because I, I tweeted that out as well, that it's a soft tissue thing, no MRI. They feel good about it. I mean, I would have assumed that as well if he came back into the game. Yeah. But uh, he was definitely – he was definitely kind of favoring it a little bit there. Yeah, and, and look, um, Jimmy's going to try to play through stuff, obviously. I, I think part of this was, let's just finish this game and get a few days rest. Um, and, and then the next question becomes, when? When do they play? Now, we're assuming Milwaukee's going to beat Orlando. I think it's a pretty safe assumption. In, on Wednesday, the earliest that next series could start is Friday, but that's not a guarantee. And I'm actually kind of curious because I'm trying to get back up to the bubble. And uh, so, you know, I'm not sure when that next one's going to be, but it could be Barry reported and he's the best at this because he's plugged in on the TV side, which is really what matters, uh, that it could be as soon as Friday. Do you guys think it makes any difference right now? I mean, if, if you're, you just swept a series, if you're Miami, would you rather just play as soon as Friday and not take, you know, I mean, not wait until Sunday, Monday next week before you get back out on the court? Yes, you want to play Friday. It's Monday. Mm. It's 
Monday. I mean, like we're talking several days that they're just going to be chilling in the bubble. Um, we've seen practice footage of Jimmy just with a mask on, kind of sitting in sweats, chilling. And, and that's great. You know, like I think that they need as much of that time as possible, but you're going to get a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three solid days to prepare for Milwaukee, to run through everything that they wanted to uh, implement for game one. I, I don't think you want to wait till Sunday. Like that feels awful to me. That's too long of a layoff in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, See, well, uh, I usually spotlight series on TV, isn't it? That's true. That's, that's for sure. There's going to be, I mean, the heater back to being kind of high profile. That's another thing we haven't, I don't know if you guys have said that. We, but now, we okay. But yeah, we're, it's, Back in the spotlight, man. It's been a minute. It's, it's been a minute since they're relevant. Back in the spotlight. And here we go. It's first time since, what, 2016? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is. And, and Greg and I were talking about that while you were gone, which is that, you know, if you went back to training camp, I mean, now, you know, you have a whole season and four months because of the break uh, to, to think about it. But if you go back to the beginning, very beginning of the season in training camp, you know, what was the goal? Win a first-round series. A lot of people around – you know, the NBA around mostly NBA media did not think that the Heat were going to be a team that won a series this year, right? I mean, they were projected to finish seventh or eighth by a lot of people. And, you know, not only did they finish in the top four and it, it you know, it was the top five, but it would have been top four if the season had played out, might have even been top three. But then they sweep a first round series against, I know a battered, but, but pretty good opponent. And, and they go into the second round with a legitimate shot to beat the best team in the league. Um, or at least, you know, they have a shot. And so I, I think when you go back, it's, it's really kind of miraculous when you think about the guys who contributed, where they came from. Uh, this got pointed out to me today, and I, Andre Iguodala is the only top 10 pick on this team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and wow. he's 36. Um, so it's a pretty damn good accomplishment if you think it about appears, it. It appears as if you don't need to tank. It appears that mm. way, uh, although you did suggest tanking in that tweet we found on the last pod. You did I mean, it is absolutely that. beautiful that the Sixers got swept and the Heat come out and sweep the day after. Yeah, no, it it worked out. Uh, it worked out kind of perfectly for them. All right, let's. Uh, we're going to close up shop here, and then, like I mentioned, we're going to uh, have a a full pod with Jay Tilton, uh, the coach of Exeter, who joined Greg and I. We're gonna, probably going to run that in the next day, and then we're going to come out after that uh, with. Uh, with all of our bucks previews and then whenever the series starts, obviously we're going to go crazy. Plus check out the YouTube channel. Like I mentioned, as we speak, Alf is hosting over there. I don't know what kind of state he's in because we haven't really checked it out, but go over to the YouTube channel. You get a totally uh, different perspective there than you get here. Um, one more sponsor. I do want to tell you about though, is Gonzalez and Tybor. Um, this, you can find them at bankruptcy is good for you.com. You know, a recent report showed that over 45% of people use their stimulus checks to repay debt. This is money that could have and should have gone to cover living expenses. Even before the pandemic, household debt in this country, especially credit card debt was going up and it was hurting families and small businesses. Nobody likes to consider bankruptcy as an option for dealing with your debt, but bankruptcy is one of the few laws that exists to actually help consumers. So before you make another debt payment that you can't afford, or you do something drastic, like empty out your 401k, why would you do that? Or borrow money from friends and family. Why don't you talk to a professional about your options? Contact Gonzalez and Tybor. Bankruptcy is good for you.com. And again, it's 954-378-8184. 954-378-8184. Consultations always free, and they can be done by telephone or video conference. All right, let's close up the episode here. 
early, early, early thoughts. We're going to break all of this down much, much more. Single biggest factor, Alex, to the Heat upsetting the Bucks. Give me one. Hmm. I'm going to have to say three-point shooting, man. It seems too simple. Like, I wanted to try to come up with something else there, but I, all that comes to my head is the shooting. And, I, and honestly, it doesn't even have to be three-point shooting. It's just shooting in general because, again, they drop so damn aggressively, so much more aggressively than anybody else. So those shots are going to be there, and I think that's more important than Bam taking advantage and, you know, hitting mid-range is uh, kind of all the shooters just constantly out shooting the Bucks because I think at this point the defense is what it is like it's got it's absolutely gotten better with this rotation and I think they just look a lot crisper I don't know how much better the defense can get and uh, although I obviously their shooting is elite I think they need to keep up keep up like the hot shooting in every single game for them to win I don't know how many Duncan Robinson two of nine games they can afford versus the Bucks uh, I want to see that I'm very interested in that but other than that if the Heat constantly outshoot the Bucks they can absolutely win so th that was the easy answer. That would have probably been what I would initially gone with, Alex. Um, Definitely the easy answer. Hit the answer. nail on the head. But I, I think the second biggest thing is going to be the continued excellence of Goran Dragic. Um, when you look at the matchups, if you're thinking that Jimmy and Bam are the Giannis Middleton kind of, you know, that's the two for two there. And then you start to figure out, um, you know, you feel like Duncan Robinson can win a Wesley Matthews matchup and then it, I think Dragic has a real opportunity here to take advantage of of anyone who guards him on this team and if he continues to play at the level that he's played and they shoot well as Alex already noted like the, that's the formula and obviously you need Jimmy and Bam to lead here like that's a big part of this series you're not going to beat a one seed with the kind of record they did without those guys leading but Dragic that's the, uh, the key player. Um, that's a good one. I, you know, it'll I be think... interesting, man. With Bledsoe there, who is who is uh, an all defense talent and who probably will make one of those teams, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how Dragic does versus him. Well, they have history, though. I mean, that's the other thing. Oh remember? yeah, they have a lot of history, right there. There was some stuff that uh, you know, and and again, I I'm, I think the relationship is pretty good now, but there there that was a complicated time. Remember, Dragic Bledsoe. I remember them being Thomas. a good backcourt. Well, Dragic, Bledsoe, and Isaiah Thomas on the same yeah. team and, and trying to figure out a way to make that work. And remember, Goran was not happy with it. Uh, Goran got pan painted as a bad guy on the way out of town. I think we've seen with what's Sounds happened familiar. With, with the Phoenix organization since then, at least until this bubble season, that maybe the problem was the organization itself, uh, not necessarily Goran Dragic. Yes, sounds familiar to somebody who – was painted as a bad guy in Minnesota and Philadelphia and at, and at times in Chicago. Wonder um, why they get along so well. I, but I think there's a lot to it. And I think before I get to, and I'll close here with my, my biggest thing for this series. I think another thing that we have to talk about with this team is that, you know, again, no top 10 picks except Iguodala, who's in the twilight of his career and is just kind of passing through. Uh, but also a lot of overlooked or disparaged guys. Um, and, and I think that is really dangerous for other teams. I mean, you have a lot of guys on this team who are not expected to be where they are, were told they couldn't be where they are, uh, or told that they were the problem somewhere else, and now they're here, and for some reason they found this kind of chemistry. And I hate to quote ex-governor Jeb Bush, please clap, uh, I hate to quote him, 
but he said this is his favorite Heat team to watch in 25 years. In a lot of ways, this is becoming my favorite. Uh, I think that the, you know, the 12-13 team is the best. Some of Dwayne's high, special moments, obviously, uh, you know, stand out from previous years. We've talked about 03-04. You have the championship year of 06. You have the previous year. You know, you have the Zotimi years. But just in terms of a group coming out of nowhere, and it's going to become incredibly irritating to hear the national media latch on to this now, but it's, it's going to happen. They're, they're officially relevant, um, and so it's going to be different. Let me get to my biggest key here. Uh, it's not Giannis. It's Middleton. Giannis is going to get his. Can they keep Middleton under 40%, frustrate him, because there is no third guy that you're really concerned about? And, and I, I, you know, they might get games where there's groupings of players that get off, but there's, no, there's nobody who's going to take over. I don't think Bledsoe's going to take over. Middleton has that capability, but he doesn't do it all the time. I think that Spolstra's focus is going to be, you know, on making him kind of impotent in this series and, and saying, you know, Giannis is going to be Giannis. We're not, they're not going to have a second guy, and we just have more bodies, waves of players we're going to throw at you. If they control Chris Middleton in this series, consistently keep him under 20, keep him under 40%, um, I think they win the series. That would be my biggest key. There we're at. All right. Uh, find us on the YouTube channel, also on FiveReasonSports.com. Thanks to all our sponsors in this episode. And always, we had you break wheel fix. Also, LouisPeters.com, SafeCubbies.com. And then finally, Gonzalez and Tybro Law Firm at BankruptcyIsGoodForYou.com. Really appreciate you. If you want to sponsor us, now is the time. Get in before the second round series. Our numbers are exploding as you might imagine, in a good way. And, uh, you know, we want you to be part of it, particularly if you're a South Florida business. Have a good day. Good night. Miami Heat, second round. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.